there's also an energy here that um that I don't know I don't think I felt anywhere else in the world it's not that nowhere in the else nowhere else in the world compares it's that there is something here shtota it's you you can't describe it you can't put it into words Our moms have a mutual cousin Carol. Our babas have a mutual friend Pearl, and we have a mutual love, Ukrainian dance and culture. I'm Hannah, I'm Caitlin, and this is See, the Ukrainian Dance and Culture podcast. So we're going to start off with a little rapid fire round here. We'll ask you a quick question or we'll start a sentence and you'll just finish it with a word or a phrase uh, to help people get to know you very quickly. Okay. So your favorite Ukrainian dance region is? All of them. <laughs> although, I, although I will say I love Central because uh, women, uh, there's, a, there's a beautiful Zhenskia um, uh, female quality to Central that you don't get in any other region. Your favorite dance footwear is? Postmark Ukraine. <laughs> if you had to eat one Ukrainian food for the rest of your life, it would be? Kwashenia uh, kapusta. Um, so like the um, um, fermented cabbage. Your favorite color of postmark character shoe is? Ooh, I have a beautiful new pair of, um, it's almost a champagne color with, uh, with like a star sparkle in them. Uh, your closest friends call you by the nickname Lanusia. Your favorite Ukrainian celebrity is Lyalia uh, Fonorova, and Lyalia is uh, the wife, of course, of Slava Vakarchuk, who is the headman of Okinelzi. Great. So, everyone listening, you may be wondering a who we are talking to, and b how these questions relate to C, because not all of them are really about Ukrainian dance and culture. Uh, so today we are joined by Lana Nicole Nyland. Lana is from Canada but now lives in Ukraine, um, but she still has a very strong connection to Canada and still spends a lot of time here where we are now. Um, and Lana's in Ukraine right now. Uh, so Lana danced with Pavlochenko in Saskatoon, Vyrsky in Kiev, and is a business owner based in Ukraine. And those are just three things, very three simple things as it sounds, but you are a choreographer, a workshop leader, a writer, an editor, and a whole lot of things that are hard to sum up in a couple sentences, but that's why we're here to get to know you more. So let's get right into it. Woohoo, let's go. So we have so much that we'd like to talk about, but let's just start off with your Ukrainian dance journey. So what was your experience taking part in Ukrainian dance in Canada, and how did you end up dancing with Virsky? Uh, so the, the, the story is quite long. I, I knew I wanted to dance quite young and, um, the ballet was the first, was the first step. And my parents had put me into the Saskatoon School of Ballet at the time. It's now Saskatoon School of Dance. And, uh, the director of that uh, studio at the time was Lucia Pavlichenko. She's a famous in Canada, Ukrainian, um, dance teacher and, uh, choreographer. Um, who's since passed, um, but she had such a love for her culture, and she was um, she was offering Ukrainian dance in the studio at the same time as ballet and tap and jazz and all of all of that good stuff. And I I just fell in love with the costumes and the energy. And as I got older, of course, you know the girls got to dance with boys and whatnot, and so that was also a pull at the time. 
um, there was a there was a moment when I thought maybe Ukrainian wasn't the way to go and it was going to be ballet, but I got pulled I got pulled back in uh, in puberty and um, it was around that time as well that uh, Serhii Koraluk had had come over and I think I was about twelve and um, his the first number that he choreographed for the group that I was in was um, Ivanku, which was a tribute to Ivan Kupala and we were in. Um, these beautiful ethereal uh, gowns with uh, little white bodysuits underneath, and we were carrying vinke, and uh, and it was just it was it was so different from anything that I had ever done before. Um, that 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 love for a culture, for for something that was bigger than just being in the studio, was just solidified that much more, and then I mean continued to grow as as. You know, as I as I got to learn more about uh, the dance and the culture and and Sidhi and 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 everything that that embraced. Very interesting. So you your background you don't have any Ukrainian roots except for your your soul is Ukrainian. <laughs> That's right. I'm not. I uh, I'm Irish and Norwegian and Czechoslovakian. So I've got the Slavic in there a little bit. Um, but no, the, the whole Ukrainian thing, it's sort of just come about organically, though I will say that, uh, um, there was one Khadalka, so one, um, gypsy lady who told me that in my previous life that I was from Vinitsa. So, you know, maybe it's there somewhere, but it's not, it's not from this life. <laughs> Um, so you you grew up dancing a bunch of different styles, and then eventually you kind of um, had this pull towards Ukrainian dance and danced. Uh, eventually transitioned into Pavlichenko, and then tell us how that uh, turned into dancing with Virsky in Ukraine. So dance was always uh, it was always a pull for me um, away from home. Home was difficult, frankly. There was um, there was a lot going on, and so to be able to be in the studio. Um, it was a bit of an escape, which was wonderful in many ways. But it also opened a door for me, obviously, uh, in terms of career. And um, so getting into the studio as much as I could was definitely, that was number one. And so ballet, tap, jazz, hip hop, Ukrainian, um, pretty much six days a week, even in Canada, uh, after school and on the weekends. That was my, that was pretty normal for me, actually. Um when Pavlichenko returned from Ukraine in, in, in 1992, really there, uh, they went through a shift, as all groups do, I think, after a big tour. And so this massive group of 35, 40 people dropped down to 12. And so those of us who were sort of transitioning up from, from the younger groups really got a, um, a pass, if you like, into, into the group. And we became so close so quickly um i think as as you do in any case in a ukrainian group um but so close so quickly and with said he that uh family is 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 really i mean that's the only way that we can that i can talk about it really and uh and it just it continued then to grow from there and then we slowly we slowly regrouped and and the group became bigger and bigger um and then virsky came to town and uh, and I was a little bit older then, and I thought as I sat watching them in Centennial Auditorium in Saskatoon on the edge of my seat, 
we probably had the best seats in the house because I think I was first uh, to order them with my credit card when I heard. Um, I sat on the edge of my seat thinking, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I'm going to dance with this group. I just fell in love with them. And I think I was 18 at the time. And um, Vantuk that weekend had given, he was giving also a workshop in Saskatoon. And so there were a number of groups from all over the, the province who, who had come. And, uh, and it, was in, it was in SSD, in Saskatoon School of Dance studio. And he, I would, I would never have known it at the time, except that he, uh, Koroliuk had said, um, that he had pointed me out. And it was, um, that, that was quite special for me. I thought, oh my gosh, this, this is a sign. It, it's, it's, it's going to happen. It has to happen. Um, it wouldn't, it wasn't going to do it. It wasn't going to happen immediately though. It was another, ooh, now this is, now you'll, you'll be able to understand how old I am. It was another eight years before I made it to, to Ukraine, um, after school and, and a whole bunch of other fun stuff in between, including the passing of my father. And, uh, so yeah, so here I am. Wow. Just, I, imagining being in the studio dancing and like, yeah, kind of getting that being pointed out that that's an amazing that's really amazing it, it was you said you're watching Vyacheski in the concert hall and you just you knew that that was something that you wanted to do and you, you felt it I got chills when you said that because it's like one of those things in life where you just feel like that's your next step and you took it and you didn't know when it was going to happen but you wanted to make it happen absolutely I won't say that all of the um the inspired moments of my life have been so successful uh, in terms of, you know, monetary or, you know, up the career ladder. But what I have um, been able to experience has been something that's been just out of this world. Um, it, whether it's dance or whether it's life in Ukraine, you know, two revolutions as well. I've been on the streets of Maidan, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and that's, those, those things are priceless. Uh, I won't say that it's, always been the best decision in that regard but it's never boring it's always interesting in Ukraine then you said you waited that time then you're in Ukraine and you find yourself dancing with Virsky what was that experience like so I arrived in September 2003 um Pavlichenko had just done a summer tour in Ukraine that that summer and um and it was there I had auditioned as well before I before I came and Bantuk said yeah he'll he would take me there was there was a condition though that I did um that I worked with the studio so I I worked with the studio for one year and uh the studio that I was in so it was studio 21 um which also uh features a lot of the, the, the dancers who are still there. So if you, if you know any of the Vierski dancers like, um, Max and Victoria Karpianko, uh, Tanya Jimska, um, who else is still there? Um, Safronov, um, Volodya. So there's still, there's still quite a few of the dancers that I, that I, um, worked with back in the studio, back in studio days. Um, we all graduated together in 2004 and, um, a good majority of us were taken then into into ensemble and that was quite the trip 
so I received uh, a diploma from the studio, the Bierski studio. And then um, in September of the following, that following summer, um, I, I started coming as an artist of the ballet. And to be able to do that, um, not just as not just as a as a as a student, not just as you know a foreigner who was coming to to learn, but as a part of something, a part of a whole. Uh, that was pretty special. Um, so our schedule was such that uh, Monday to Friday we were doing ballet classes in the morning. Technique, we would switch back and forth with the boys every other day. And then a full rehearsal, full cast rehearsal from 12 onward until about four o'clock. So it's a full time job because some people think that um, dancing with Bierski is, you know, it's a few times a week and then and then that's it. But it's not. It's a full time job. Um, Fridays, we did uh, rehearsals with the Alive Orchestra and that witnessing that for the first time was just out of this world um and being it, it, being able to be in the same room and being fully present or conscious that this was happening that i got to be in this space as one of these people one of these people who are at the top of their game they're they're doing the the best it's the best of the best you know if you think about hockey and and um if there's hockey fans out there, um, Wayne Gretzky and the Oilers or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Jordan and, and the Bulls like it, this. This is basically what it was and that I got to be a part of it. It was something so incredible and that there was live music. And so it was all sort of coming together. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> That's oh, I feel it. You're talking about it and I feel it. Um... So you're talking about these people who are the best of the best in what they do. And even when we were there and we were dancing with the studio, I mean, just standing on the side. No, um, but when we were with them, like you see it, these people who are wanting to get into the company are the best of the best and they're there for a reason. So how did you feel like a pressure to make yourself stand out in the studio when you were there? Or like, how did you do that? How did you cope with it as well? You know, I'm far more conscious now than I was back then. And uh, no, there was no, I wasn't ever trying to stand out. In fact, I probably was trying to sort of blend in a little bit because I felt a little bit overwhelmed. Not even a little bit. I felt overwhelmed. Um, and, um, and, and, and almost a bit Canadian in that, you know, where... Where here in Ukraine, you, you get your elbows out if you want to get in line. You, you know, you don't wait for the signal of the car in front of you. You just go like there's no there's no requesting of anything. Whereas in Canada, we're sort of we're a little bit more polite. You know, would you like to go ahead? No, you no you. No, there was none of that here. And so I didn't recognize that until probably yeah, a few a few years after I arrived. And had I done that? Perhaps my my dance career would have um, pushed f even further forward, but that wasn't who I was, and it's it's really actually it's not who I am even now. And um, so it was about doing the best I could, absolutely. Um, it, definitely, it was about staying after hours because I recognized that um, that even though I was um, that even though I'd been accepted, 
there were things that I could definitely work on. Also, I was older than the other girls who are in my studio. Um, and really, if in terms of a dancer's, um, uh, you know, you think of a, the lineage of a dancer. I was past prime, if you know, in, in technical terms. So I recognized that I needed to work harder than, than anybody else, hands down. The older ones, the younger ones, because the older ones had already proved themselves. The younger ones were amazing. Um, and yeah, and, and just to, to make sure that I was, was up to par all the time. It was, it was constantly a physical and psychological um, struggle. You already kind of mentioned some even differences of, say, Ukrainian um just like life and characteristics and how that has a that even applies in the studio so being more elbows out versus oh sorry canadian what other type of differences i'm sure there are many but what are some differences um between ukrainian dancing in canada and ukraine whether that's um more of these like character things or just differences in styles or approach or anything like that so I'll say a couple of things. Um, first of all, uh, the strength of Canadian, of women Canadian dancers out parallels, out, outshines uh, that of, of anyone here in Ukraine. Um, Canadian Ukrainian you, uh, dancers are, are so um, confident and strong and uh, unwavering in their ability. And that is amazing. That they that they will go out on stage and have no problem, you know, doing what they do or you know, obertas thirteen times and then do a a, um, a, a switch split, um, you know, however many times you need. I'll I'll just do it. No worries. Um, here in Ukraine, it it's yes, we we there is a there is an idea that you sort of. You want to be the star, but there's a, a more of a demureness about it. And so I think it comes down to culture, actually, uh, whereas women in Canada have had to fight for some of the things that they've that they've got outside of the studio um, rights um, and whatnot. Uh, here in Ukraine, it's there's still this this idea of men's roles and women's roles. And there isn't too much um, of a fight to to push push the boundaries too much. So women definitely in the studio are are softer uh, here in Ukraine. Um, there's there's a feeling of femininity that I think is beautiful here. And so my dream actually, having come back and forth between Canada and Ukraine, is to be able to unite the two. And if we could do that, like the world of Ukrainian dance would change forever because we're not just looking at women who are wallflowers for, for, for a good part of a concert here in Ukraine versus women who, you know, I'll get down and uh, in my shot of audio in Canada, like no problem, like any guy um, in, Ca yeah, in Canada. But if we could unite the two, that would be just the next evolution of, of women um, in Ukrainian dance. Well, I think if there's anyone to do it, I think we're talking to her right now. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> That's a big challenge. 
well, any step towards that is a good step, and uh, you're definitely doing a lot to make that happen. Um, just speaking about dancing in the studios, I mean, like you've t- talked about these, noticing this difference between women in uh, Ukrainian dancing, Canada and Ukraine, but specifically in the studio in Ukraine, did you notice that there are any quirks in the studio that dancers had um, that maybe you would notice it was totally normal to them, but to you, you just, it was interesting to you. Here in Ukraine? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's a good question. The, mm, I think that the way that um, dancers interact with each other regardless, regardless of where you are or what kind of dance that you do is quite special. Um, and I think that anyone outside of, of an ensemble would recognize that there is something there. They, they might question whether it's right or not in terms of the interaction. And yet I think that it's generally quite innocent, whatever, whatever that happens to be. And because we are dancers and because there is that physical interaction between men and women, um, uh, certainly in Ukrainian dance, um, there is, uh, there is that relationship that exists um, because you spend so much time together. I don't know that it's out of the ordinary. I don't, I know what you're asking. But I don't know that that's out of the ordinary for a dancer. It might be some, it might be out of the ordinary for someone looking in, but I don't think it is for a dancer. In terms of quirks, you know what? I I don't know anymore. I've been dance has been part of my life for many decades, many decades. Yeah. So I can't. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't seem strange anymore. Yeah. I. I well, when we were there, we noticed like little things like. For example, um, during breaks, no one would drink water. They would drink tea, like hot tea. And that's not something we do in Canada. Like we drink cold, cold water and they're, they're drinking hot to keep their to keep everything warm inside or like. And we drink a lot of water, whereas yeah. there our experience it was like they would have a sip, if any, like because they're kind of preparing almost for a show when you don't have time to have water breaks. Yeah, you don't want to be like water bloated either (laughs) Um, that's true yeah just like little things like that that I don't know you don't you don't really take you wouldn't realize it until you see it happening you compare yourself to them and you're like wait a second that's not what we do (laughs) so that stuff is I don't know it kind of interesting to us there's quirks definitely I wouldn't say that they're necessarily connected with the studio but like so for example um sitting on anything that's cold for a woman that's that's completely out of the question and and you sit down on the floor and a man is going to immediately he'll he'll take his boots off for you so that you can sit on his boots so that you're you're not sitting on you know this bare cold cold floor cold in quotes um yeah so there are things yes actually now that you mention it there are little things like that but i think that they're actually quite sweet and endearing in fact they are yes they make us smile every time we think of them (laughs) When you were dancing with Birski, did you have a favorite dance to perform? I know that maybe it's tough to choose, but does one stand out to you or even a performance stand out to you? Yep. Khmer is my favorite dance by far. Um, so uh, for those of your listeners who may or may not know, Khmer is uh, it's the hops that come from um, the fermentation of um well, anything that makes alcohol, basically. And so uh, there's a there's a girl and there's some men 
who who come and drink the hops and the men get drunk from the hops who are then further there there are more girls who enter the stage at a later at a later time um and then there's this so this interaction between these little and the men who are dancing on stage and it's it's so it's cute and it's um and again it's feminine but there's this interplay between the, the male and the female and then there's some you know there's some magic that happens in how people get on and off stage as well and um it's it's such a lovely it's it's such a lovely um sujet that uh you know anyone watching it whether ukrainian or not you you'd, you'd enjoy it and i think actually that's where vierski you know pavel vierski really um was able to shine in the the stories that he was able to tell not just um bringing ukrainian dance to the stage and also elevating it from um from village dance to to a more academic level but also being able to tell the stories um these stories of of ukrainian culture so khmel is definitely um one of my favorite dances and in fact the first time i danced on stage with vierski um was it, it was hopak i did hopak and i did khmel and it was for the 70th anniversary of um of the vierski ensemble um it was at palazzo krima and in fact um victor yushenko was in the audience so this was um in 2004 just prior to the orange revolution and so wow. yushenko came up on stage and there's pictures going on and uh, of, of course huge security and whatnot um definitely a memorable memorable concert but then you know my first tour was to china um following that there was tours to to georgia to france to mexico actually even and on and on and uh, so it's it's all quite it's all quite memorable no kidding so um i guess virsky is what extended a stay in ukraine for you you were there for quite some time and then after that you didn't really quite come back to canada you decided to stay in ukraine so what has kept you there what made you stay in ukraine so the plan was actually only to to come and dance for a year or two and then come back to canada to start real life um but dance in the studio with virsky was was too endearing and uh and i couldn't stop you know after a year or two um until i got i had a i had a small injury prior to a tour to mexico uh which i probably shouldn't have gone on but anyway i did and then following my return from that um doctors said that i needed to take some time off by this time it was um i was already no um maladaya kurka uh, no spring chicken <laughs> and so um i decided that that would probably be my retirement um at which point i moved uh into media actually um there was an opportunity for me to slip into an editorship uh with what's on kiev which is the english language culture and entertainment uh magazine for kiev and that happened quite seamlessly in fact i i stepped out of the studio in january and i stepped into the editorship in march of 2009 and uh i moved uh, into that role e- easily enough and and stayed there until 2013 which is when um the country erupted with euromaidan and the revolution um and that in itself was uh that's that's also quite a chapter not just in in the country's life but in mine um 
you know, our office, the, the what's on office was on Krishatik, just across from Besarabkia um, market. And Maidan was 500 meters down the street, basically. And so each day, either prior to work or after work, um, we would go and, and, you know, bang on some gas tanks uh, with with the locals and just um, demonstrate our solidarity. Um, and then in February, it really became apparent that uh, this was this was not going to end well. And so um, the revolution, which came to a climax on Maidan, then moved into the eastern part of Ukraine and where there's an ongoing war now with Russia, which is uh, um, obviously demonstrated uh, itself to be well, Putin. Putin's not going anywhere. Um, yeah, and in fact, even at this moment, there's um, there's uh, an uh, um, accumulation of troops on the on the eastern border. So this, it's yeah, it's it's a little bit scary from time to time. Um, but showing our solidarity, no matter where we are, whether we're here in Ukraine or in Canada or Australia or Brazil. Uh, as Ukrainians or as people who care about Ukraine is is pretty important. Wow, just the way you talk about your connection to Ukraine and you can just hear so much your love, your dedication for your pride in Ukraine. And that is just, that's really inspiring to hear. And it's, it's um, in so many ways, it's it, not just dance, it's it's political and just, pride your soul I just it's really a really amazing to hear this passion behind you even just in a few sentences um when we're just yeah it's really amazing oh thanks guys it's it, I mean it, it's true it's um I said it at the beginning of uh of our chat it's it's never it's not always easy life in Ukraine but it's never boring and I think that that's one of the things that um that makes it such a, an interesting uh, existence. It's certainly, there's also an energy here that, um, that I don't know. I don't think I felt anywhere else in the world. It's not that it's, it's not that nowhere in the else, nowhere else in the world compares. It's that there is something here. Shtota, as we say in Ukrainian, that it's, you, you can't describe it. You can't put it into words. And I think it's there, but also the fact that you connect with it, right? Because there could be an energy somewhere and maybe you don't feel totally, um, like you connect with that energy, but like you found you found your little nook and cranny there, and you fit well. <laughs> Absolutely, yep. And I think that you do too. I think that you feel it too. We have like the same like energy plug source. Ukraine energy is our fuel or something. Yeah, yeah. We all have the same adapter. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so when did you start Postmark Ukraine? And tell us a little bit about what that is. So the revolution basically put an end to our business, the, the, the publishing business. Uh, the, there was a, a point where um, we just couldn't, we couldn't publish any, any further because advertising was dependent on, or, sorry, the magazine was dependent on advertising. No one was going to be advertising with an upcoming war, et cetera, et cetera. So um, you basically, you start from, from ground zero again. And uh, to come up with, you know, what, what do you do then when, when a country's at war? And, Every once in a while, I would get these 
these requests from Canada. You know, can you find me this? Can you find me that? And, a, you know, a few months in, a year later, I, th th there's this idea that if there's this, this need, then, you know, maybe there's a business here. And so in November 2015, I officially launched Postmark Ukraine. So we are coming up on six years in November um, that the company's been in business. It was never, I'm not a business person. I, you know, I graduated from University of Saskatchewan with a psychology and sociology degree. I was supposed to work with delinquent children. Um, I know nothing. I knew nothing about business back then. So it was really, it was really, really like from ground zero. Um, everything that I have done to this point has been, you know, learning along the way. And there've been a lot of mistakes um, in terms of, you know, if a business person is looking in. Um, but I also think that that's what makes the business itself stronger. And so we've learned what works and what doesn't and um, and which direction we should go in and why we shouldn't do it this way, et cetera, et cetera, uh, as any business would. Um, but what's really exciting about Postmark is that it's not just that we get to make people happy who are in Canada or, or um, the US or the UK or Australia with our goods. It's that I get to work with these absolutely amazing masters, Ukrainian masters in different parts of Ukraine. So all across from north, south, east, west, um, who love what they do, whether it's making costumes, whether it's doing hand embroidery, whether it's um, working with their hands to make these beautiful um, leather shoes or um, my jewelry master who's in Lviv or um, it, you know it's it, everybody has a story in Ukraine and certainly all of these masters do as well and that I've been able to um, get to know them and and pull them into the postmark family has just been it's awesome I love that I love that um, you're not just providing Canadians or people not in Ukraine, for that matter, um, things that they want from Ukraine, things that they would like from Ukraine, but also you're like promoting exactly these masters and helping telling a story and sharing the culture uh, like in, an, in a more contemporary way and making it relevant to people everywhere. Um, that's it's powerful. It's so it's so great. And I've had, you know, I've had a few of our clients come back and say that they are so excited that they get to contribute to to, you know, the, the salaries of of Ukrainians who are in these different parts of the country and in, you know, in the Salur here or or a city over in the east. And uh, and and you absolutely are. Any purchase that happens through Postmark Ukraine is um, is a direct connection to these these people, these, these fabulously talented people. So yeah, well done. Well done. All of our clients, all of the postmark clients. <laughs> Big shout out to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so in addition to postmark, you have, or you've been a part of, and maybe still are a part of a lot of other projects on the go. So you are one of the founders of Rodovid Academy of Ukrainian Dance. You're the editor of What's On, an English magazine based in Kiev. Um, kind of knows everything that goes on in the city there. Um, plus, you have the Ukrainian Dance World magazine that you've contributed to and work on. Um, and I'm probably we're probably missing other projects. And so, what do you have on the go right now? So, because of COVID, uh, What's On is sleeping at the moment. There's uh, there's not a lot happening here. In fact, Cave is in lockdown until the 10th of May, 
which means that everything is closed. Um, so the, yeah, having the magazine open just, it, it doesn't make sense to have it, have it going right now. Ukrainian Dance World as well, um, is, which is under Cobblestone Freeway, which is, um, run by Vincent Reese, who's also a lovely, um, uh, lover of Ukraine, um, also is, is sleeping at the moment. So the two are, are cuddled up in bed. Uh, having a snooze. Um, Rodavid was started by myself and uh, a couple of other dance, um, fabulous dance techs. And uh, it is also continuing. We obviously we can't be in the studio just at the moment, which is unfortunate, but um, there's other things that are happening. And so there's a lot of um, online work that's going on. Uh, we've just, uh, we're in the middle of, um, uh, an online dance festival. So we've got a, a number of entries from different parts of, of the world, actually, from, from Canada, all, all across Canada. I know there's one, uh, a few from Australia. Um, and so the adjudication of those will be ongoing until the end of April. And uh, there's another project in the works. Um, I'm not going to say too much about it just now because it, we haven't launched it just yet, but I'm pretty excited about it. And um, it's not Ukrainian dance based, but it's definitely Ukrainian culture based. And at some point we're, we're planned, the launches is for September. And yeah, when we do that, we should definitely talk again. I was going to say, maybe we need to reconnect in September, or October and kind of uh, chat about this new project and spread, spread the good news. <laughs> That's exciting. So through Postmark and through Rodovid, you keep this, and through like Ukrainian Dance World, through many ways, and just through yourself, through um, workshops and everything. Um, you seem to keep a really strong connection to Canada still uh, through dance, through costuming, through everything. Why is this important to you? Um, you have you have a life in Ukraine. Why do you still find it important to connect with Canada? You know, it will have been so in um, just before the revolution, um, I, I really didn't have a whole lot going on with Ukrainian dance anymore. I was I had retired. I thought that that was that was going to be done. That part of my life was done. And then um, there was a beautiful young chap from Saskatoon, Adam, um, Adam. Let's just say Adam, in case he doesn't want to be named. He pulled me back into the fold in uh, in 2016, and from there it was it was clear that I was meant to be in the studio, uh, in some way, um, not just for myself, but because I recognized that what I had gone through and what I had done, and the perspective that I um, was able to glean from that was different from what was happening in Canada at the time. And, and maybe still, I don't know. Um, the, my time with Vierski has, has definitely shaped me in a way that's, um, I can't say that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a true Kanadka anymore. I'm somewhere in between. I, I'm not Ukrainian, but I'm not Canadian in, in the traditional sense. Um, and what I expect from students, whether I'm working with them over a weekend or just one night or for an extended period of time is, is quite high. And I often have, and I'm not necessarily proud of this, but I, I do understand that 
I often, when I have students come in, and and I do push them quite hard. Sometimes there's tears, but I but I recognize that with the tears, they understand that there's something that's happening here, and with friction, there's often advancement. Whether you can. Uh, understand that either on a psychological level or on a physical level. When you understand that that something isn't quite right, and that something can be changed even just slightly to make it better or to make it brighter or to make it higher, softer, whatever whatever that er that you know that adjective is for you, that's that's really really special. And there's such a connection between.、Um, The instructor, or the choreographer, or the the whoever it is that's coming in, myself, and that dancer at that moment, and that's that's what I'm after. Whether it's one dancer in a studio full of a hundred, or whether it's a hundred dancers in a studio full of however many, it's that moment that oh, I can do it better.、Mm. Yeah, it's something pretty special. That is special, and I think there's sort of.、Um... I think like almost something special about not being an instructor for a, a particular group all the time, and being able to come in and be that outside set of eyes, and、um, maybe have you do have a connection with a lot of the dancers because you've worked with a lot of them before. But being kind of like an outside set of eyes that people still trust, like a dancer can still trust you. That's like that's a very Like incredible role to have and to play, and、um, it really seems like you don't take it lightly. It's so, you know, Hannah. It's so special, actually, and I feel I feel、um, grateful every time that I'm in the studio. Any time I'm in the studio, it doesn't matter where it is, whether it's here in Ukraine or in Canada, and and whoever it is that you know that wants to work with me and 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 figure out a.、Um, A new way of of working, or or you know, a a different way of working, and yeah, I don't take it. I don't take it lightly. I think it's pretty special. Um. So in our dream world, we would have been together in Ukraine, sitting on a patio somewhere, drinking a good wine, maybe some cognac. I don't know. I'm having this great chat. Um. And、it's、we don't really know、it's、how to word this、yet. question. Yeah, exactly. This isn't the last interview with you. This this isn't the last chat. This is only just the start. But let's just pretend we're there. Yeah, <laughs> pretend this all happened there. <laughs>、um, yeah, we don't really know how to、um, like ask this question, I guess. But we're gonna give it a try because I don't know. We feel a connection to you and the way that you've lived your life. Like you followed your gut and your intuition, and I think. That Caitlin and I both really relate to that,、um, and like the choices we're making with our careers, our jobs, not having a job, all that stuff.、Um, so obviously, we're interested in Ukrainian dancing culture. We've danced all of our lives. We teach kids. We're trying to explore more and more all the time. We're doing research on our own.、Uh, we don't want to live an ordinary life at all. <laughs>、um, and、uh, so, what advice could you give us or offer us, and how we can continue celebrating Ukrainian culture, and maybe where it could lead us, and not just us, because I'm sure there's other people that listen to our, the podcast or maybe have followed along your journey or our journey, and maybe have these same feelings towards the culture. Ooh, good question. <laughs> the biggest thing I think 
I'll say, and then I'll maybe expand a little bit, is is to to do just that, is to listen to your, you know, that vdokhnovlenya, that your gut, your inspiration, whatever it is that's, whatever that, that voice that's talking to you is saying, don't ignore it, because it's there for a reason. Now, w- once you listen to it, and you've had a conversation with it, and this is going to sound crazy to some people, but I think to others, you know, you'll really connect with it. Um, you can decide, do I want to listen to it or at a, or am I at a point in my life where I want to do something else, where I, you know, I consciously and in my head want to do something else. And that's okay if you decide to go in a different direction. But I will say that if you listen to it and if you follow it and you trust it, then what will come after it or what will follow is something that you could have never even imagined and is so much bigger and better than you could have imagined. And that's actually, that I think is what this life is about. There are connections that are waiting for you to happen, that are waiting to happen for you. And um, I think that a lot of us want to be in control all the time or a lot of the time. And if we're not, then we're somehow lost or off balance but i think that it's this off balance actually that makes life so much more nasishana in saturated in english uh bigger bolder more beautiful and if we can embrace that then this idea of it's not good enough it's not enough i don't have enough money i don't you know whatever that not enough is that just sort of disappears because you're not thinking about you're not mm, in your head thinking about what is it that I should be doing rather than what is it that I want to do well wasn't that the perfect answer (laughs) I don't know I don't I think that's the perfect way to end this interview I don't know if you have anything else you want to add or say you know I think that this uh, podcast is quite special and unique and um, I know that you've taken a little pause with COVID and I hope that that's sort of just a little blip because I do think that the Canadian Ukrainian and not just Canadian but the Ukrainian community um, the diaspora around the world really crave this connection to to not just be connected to Ukraine but to be connected with each other and so you also have a very special role in this, um, in this culture, in this community. And I hope that you are able to understand that on a level that's not just, you know, again, how much money can we make from this podcast? You know, how many followers can we get? But that you reach people on a level that's different than just, you know, being able to, you know, whatever, buy a Vishivanka from somewhere. It's it's something also quite special and um and actually I know you get that. So Molodsi. Thank you so much for saying that. That really means a lot. Um yeah, and that's for sure definitely a goal that or something we like to keep in the back of our mind of just connecting more people and just talking with people like you and I know this is such an inspiring conversation because I know I'm feeling inspired and so many others will as well and I just cannot wait for people to listen to this 
So um, thank you so much for joining us. And we could really talk for hours or days with you <laughs> about everything you have going on. We will link to your projects in our show notes. Um, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite streaming platform. Leave us a review. Say hello on social media. Say hello to Lana as well. Yeah, make sure you follow all of Lana's projects. And if you subscribe to our podcast, then maybe there's a chance that you will hear about her special upcoming project before many other people. We don't know. (laughs) So, (laughs) yes, get connected with both sides here. It's been such a great time talking to you, ladies. Thanks so much, Lana. Just live. live.